Hey there, welcome to The Career Prescription. I'm your host, Marjorie Stiegler. This podcast is all about the important stuff they don't teach you in medical school, about how to treat your career like the business it really is, and how to be strategic about your success. I'll show you how to use modern strategies to get ahead, create your own path, and do more of what you love. Every episode is inspired by questions from listeners just like you, so be sure to subscribe and of course send me those questions so I can use them on a future episode. So you don't miss anything, be sure to always check the show notes on my website. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Hey guys, today we're going to be talking about how to really rock it when you're presenting virtual meetings or live webinars or otherwise have some high stakes professional activity online. So this episode is the result of a question uh, that came through in one of my online sessions with the Association of Women Surgeons Signature Speakers Series. So as some of you may know, if you follow my blog and this podcast, I'm the coach this year for the the very first ever Signature Speaker Series a training program that is hosted by the Association for Women Surgeons. And right in the middle of the year, of course, COVID strikes and many people's events are canceled. So here you have these fantastic women surgeons who have been working very hard to elevate their professional careers by getting more time on stage. I've been coaching them along this year, and then many of the things they've been working to have uh, are, are either canceled or going virtual. So one of the questions that they have for me at one of our Q&A sessions is, you know, how do you do that really, really well? How can you bring across that professionalism and just really bringing your best, most engaged self to uh, delivering a talk online? So I thought I would cover that but I'm also going to expand it so that we are also talking about live webinars. We're also talking about just virtual office meetings. So, you know, webinars, of course, are not brand new. We've, we've had webinars around for a long time. Certainly, Zoom meetings are not new. FaceTime, video calls, these are not new things, uh, but they are increasing now in frequency. And we're seeing a lot of things that are much more high stakes being converted to virtual events. I mean, major academic conferences are now being held entirely virtually. And those are high level productions, right? Those are not uh, one off things. They're not um, slide decks, you know, they, they are intended to be face to face time uh, with people delivering impactful material, your um, grand rounds and other types of activities like that going virtual. I know even some commencement addresses have been going virtual. Certainly, if you uh, are in an office or a work from home type of environment, your whole day has gone virtual. So I think what's really new right now, and it's probably new uh, in the future, I'm going to be guessing. So now today, but also well into the future, is that this is going to stick around for a while. There's going to be many major conferences, grand rounds and things of that nature uh, that are going to be digital. If you have a physician side gig, you know some of the benefits of these uh, webinars. Webinars really have major marketing benefits uh, for really any business, but specifically for uh, for our side gig businesses. And if you have a more traditional practice, you are perhaps doing some telemedicine, and maybe that's going to stay as part of your practice. So you're going to be interfacing with patients. Certainly, many of the physicians that I work with uh, have online coaching or online course businesses. And if you have an online coaching or online course side gig business, obviously you have to have good presence on the camera. 
Uh, many people, of course, again, in the office are having face-to-face uh, Zoom type meetings all day long. And this is, you know, if it's where you work, that's how you show up professionally. And it does have implications, not only for you know, how you succeed in that moment, but for your overall career development. And particularly if this is a sort of long-term phenomenon where we see this really sticking around, this will impact the, the you know, for your speaking career, the future invitations that you get, or for your side gig and other business, uh, your, your telemedicine, your online coaching, this will have an impact on your repeat customers uh, or your referral base. And if this is how you show up in the office, uh, this will have an implication around your sort of promotional uh, and growth track in your work. So um, now you really need to be able to master being on these virtual meetings at a high level you know, professional level. So I have eight tips for you today to really kind of master this. You will be head and shoulders above the vast majority of your colleagues. If you implement these few tips, uh, most are are pretty easy to do. And often they're just things people don't think about or don't put the effort to do. They make a huge difference. And if you start to do this and pay attention to whether other people are doing it, you will really notice the difference between people who just sort of show up and turn on their webcam and people who have a really polished professional presence on virtual meetings, live webinars, and other online presentations. Okay, so the first tip, and this one takes a lot of practice, it does not come naturally, is to look at the camera, not at the screen. Don't look at your colleagues who are in this, you know, the the thumbnails or the other windows. Uh, don't look at yourself. It can be very tempting. You're seeing yourself on the screen there, reflecting back what, what the webcam is showing. But if you're doing that, you aren't making eye contact. You're actually looking down. Now, I realize that you don't get that same feedback of someone making eye contact with you. And that's why it's more human nature to look at the screen and to actually look at your colleagues. But if you want them to experience eye contact from you, you've got to look into the camera, just like people on TV, right? (laughs) You've got to look into the camera. So that may feel a little bit strange, especially because your colleagues are right there below you. Uh, But that is the best way to make a real solid connection across, you know, this sort of digital space, look into the camera, not at the screen. The second tip is to have your camera up at eye level or above. A lot of people will use laptops these days or their webcams and they're on their desks. And so that's usually slightly lower, right? It's at a convenient level for typing and it's lower than your head and shoulders. So what ends up happening there is that people are basically looking right up your nose, right? They're looking up you, uh, up at you at a bizarre angle. So if you simply get a box, like in any Amazon box or something like that, and stick it on your desk so that you raise your laptop up so that it's at eye level to you will go a long way in just putting you uh, nicely in the frame. You want to have well-framed proportions so you have your entire head and it's not cut off. You want to be straight on, not looking up. And you want to have some of your shoulders in the view. Otherwise, you're like way, you know, right in there. You want to zoom out a little bit. Um, But you shouldn't be able to see your entire upper body. uh, And you shouldn't be able to see really too much of the room around you. So, you know, take a, a few moments to see what you look like in that frame. Also, it's an it's a good time to bother to have a neutral background. Uh, go ahead and set yourself up a neutral background or even sort of a staged background so that you have something of interest, but that isn't distracting so that it's pleasant behind you and it isn't, 
you know, an open bathroom door or, you know, just what, you know, your laundry hamper or whatever happens to be around, make sure that you have something that is professional. Ideally, it, it's not a door or a closet. You know, ideally, it's a plain wall, perhaps with some simple art. Maybe there's a table with a simple, you know, uh, decoration, something, but uh, something that's pretty neutral. Now on Zoom and some of these other um, online platforms, you can get digital backgrounds where it's, it's similar to being like on a green screen. So you can have something else show up, you know, behind you that isn't even there. But do spend some time thinking about the camera at the right level, your proportions uh, of your of yourself in the frame, and then what else is in the frame. This is really important to do. This leads me to my third tip, which is you may want to take all of this that we're just talking about and raise it up even a bit more, perhaps with one of those standing desks or standing desk adapters that you can put on top of your existing desk and, and boost it up. You may want to just stand up. Why? Standing up gives you more energy and you're much more likely to use you know, the more animated uh, facial expressions, as well as hand gestures, the same way that you might if you were actually at a podium delivering the talk. When you're sitting down, things seem to be a little bit more muted. So if you want to really kind of come across through the camera, right into that, you know, across the digital space, right into your audience, then if you are standing up, having that high energy framed well and looking right at the camera, that will go a long way towards a strong connection. Now, speaking of what this all looks like, number four is get yourself some good lighting. You want to have ideally natural lighting, but if that's not possible, at least make sure that the lighting is coming from the front. You do not want to be what's called backlit, which is that you have a bunch of lamps and things like that behind you. And that just kind of makes you dark. You also don't want to have overhead lighting. That overhead lighting casts a really awful shadow. So you've got, you know, dark circles under your eyes and all this sort of face is brought down. You want to put the lighting directly in front of you, ideally a window, natural light. But if you can't do that, invest in a simple light ring um, or just some regular lamps, but just move them to the front side of the room. So they are in front of you. And they should be symmetric, again, so that you're not having those shadows. That's where the light ring, I think, is really superior to most lamps and other lighting type solutions. Uh, if you don't know what a light ring is, pop on over to my website, check the show notes. I'll leave a link for the one that I use. But uh, have that lighting, have it in front of you. You will look a million times better than if you have that overhead lighting or if you are backlit. So invest in some decent lighting. It makes a big difference. Okay, number five. Now, beyond what you look like is what you sound like. So of course, people are going to be looking at you and looking uh, at, you know, your face and your expressions, your emotions, your gestures, but they do want to have good sound quality. And although your laptop may have a pretty decent built-in microphone, almost always an external microphone is better. And you can do this in a variety of different ways. Uh, I have a handful of different devices. I have a Jabra, which I use for work, sort of like a conference room type uh, external microphone. I have a, a Yeti. A simple external microphone will go a long, long way. This could even be Bluetooth, uh, something that that you're wearing, but just be very mindful then of any kind of friction uh, of your microphone. If you have a headset, making sure that, the, that you're not breathing like Darth Vader into it, right? That it's not too close because the you don't want to have that friction. You don't want to have those breathing sounds. You don't want to have popping uh, when you are um, speaking. You don't want echoes. And be mindful of the other things you might be doing because if you have notes or uh, if you have a chair on wheels or really anything else, even perhaps a mouse click or the, or moving um, 
or typing, a lot of this can come across loud and clear on your online meeting or your webinar. And you don't want that, right? So be very careful of the kinds of sounds that are going to come through and make sure you have a good high quality mic, probably something uh, that is external to your computer. And you can get these uh, inexpensively. You can get a, a high quality um, I've had a high quality little Samsung guy. I'll put the link to this over in the show notes as well. That is just plug and play. You stick it in the USB port. And I think it's around 30 bucks, really inexpensive and, um, and very good quality. And I've actually been using it to do online courses, uh, for myself for something like six years now, very, very, uh, affordable, you know, low, low entry, portable, convenient, easy. So something like that you want to invest. Okay. Uh, then number six, if you are trying to speak to a, a professional audience, perhaps a global audience, something that's going to be streamed elsewhere or where people in different time zones are going to be joining, you want to avoid mentions of time, avoiding mentions of time. So you don't say, you know, good morning, or you don't say, uh, you know, the, the day of the week, if you avoid that type of thing, then it's just more uh, applicable to that global audience, that larger audience that could be joining. And if you're making evergreen content or something, again, that's intended to have a replay that can be watched on demand, that is expected to be watched at a different time. Now, obviously, this is not a huge deal. People are well aware when they're watching something that's on demand that it occurred in the past. And people are well aware that the world has time zones and that you're speaking from wherever you're speaking. So it's not a huge deal. But again, it's these little things that when you add them up, they really level you up. So avoid mentions of date and time. Uh, number seven, I encourage you to engage with your audience. You might feel like you can't because they're on the other side, but ask the person or the group that you're presenting to, to have their webcams on as well. And again, don't look at them, but just their, being able to see that they're there while you're looking into the camera will offer a feeling of engagement. And that will come through in the way that you talk, the way that you present. Uh, also use the chat strategically. Most of these platforms have an ability to use chat, sometimes even interactive polls or quizzes, uh, word clouds and things like that. Take a moment to familiarize yourself with the platforms that you're using and try to use some of these things strategically. And you can use them in two directions. Not only can you ask people to answer questions, and the, the best way to do that, of course, is to set it up so that they have just a one or two words to type back to you. Uh, if you have to, if they have to type a whole dissertation or figure out, you know, what to write, then they won't. So you want to make it simple. Uh, but also, if you're going to be sharing resources, have them kind of copied and pasted and ready to go. Or in some of these softwares, you can have them queued up and, and ready for launch so that you can send them to your audience through the chat, a direct link to the kinds of resources that you're mentioning. That just makes things really smooth and easy. And then my final tip is set some ground rules uh, at the beginning, set some expectations, both for yourself and for others. So at work, my ground rule that I like to set when I'm running a meeting is that I don't want apologies from anybody for things like kids and pets and doorbells and, you know, someone mowing the lawn because we're all working from home and we all know that. And I don't want for people to apologize for being the human being that they are in the circumstances in which they are in their habitat, right? In their household with their pets and family and everything else. So there's no apologies. And I set that ground rule right up front. So they know I'm not going to be apologizing if something like that happens on my end, and I don't want them to either. 
It's also a good idea to set some more sort of mundane ground rules, like asking everybody to be on mute if you want that, uh, unless they're speaking, um, letting them know how to participate. So if you want them to be able to sort of raise a virtual hand, uh, or if you want to save all questions to the end, those kinds of housekeeping things go a mighty long way when you set that up right at the beginning. Also letting them know whether you want their cameras on, all of those kinds of things. Set those ground rules. You know, normally, especially when I'm giving a presentation, and so this may not apply, of course, if you're giving a commencement address, you may not want to mention things like that. It has to be context specific. And normally I would never open a presentation with something that sort of takes away the thunder of that of that engaging opening that you can have uh, for, for a presentation by setting ground rules. But in today's day and age, if you're having a meeting or something that's sort of more business oriented like that, I think that can go a long way towards connecting with your audience or, or with your group because it sort of shares that human experience that we're all going through, which frankly is a little different. Okay, so those are the eight tips. Look at the camera, not at the screen. Get that camera up at high level and get yourself framed well. Make sure you are standing up for energy. Make sure you've got good natural lighting coming from the front. Make sure you have a solid, probably external microphone that works well. Make sure that you are avoiding mentions of time. Uh, make sure that you're engaging strategically with the audience. And if there's going to be some ground rules, set those right at the beginning so that people's expectations are managed both for you and for them. So I hope that has helped you. Now you can get on camera and feel really, really confident that you can deliver not only really great content, but that you can look like a pro while you're doing it. If you are taking this time to really invest in your professional self, really up your game for your presentations, your public speaking, and how you uh, connect and communicate, then I hope that you'll come check out the speaking prescription. Come check out that course. I think you'll find it really, really valuable. There has never been a more important time to really master how to have great presence online, great presence at virtual meetings, to be able to communicate effectively and to be able to connect effectively across that digital divide. I'll also put in the show notes some links to other episodes and blog posts with even more tips that will help you to do this effectively and to present effectively, bring your best self. If you have tips that you haven't heard in this, I would love to hear from you. So please do email them to me or share this podcast on social media and add your tip to it. Tag me. I would just love, love, love to hear from you like that. Thanks for joining me on this episode of The Career Prescription. Be sure to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you're using to listen today, and definitely send me those questions so I can answer them and give you a shout out on a future episode. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.